So now tell me where you're really going. Going on vacation. <laughs> Good boy. Now where are we going? Oh, with any luck to an early grave. <laughs> but right now I am going to my boss's mountain cabin to fish and drink and drink and fish and sometimes even fish and drink and drink and fish. <laughs> For one week, I'm going to pretend that I'm actually alive. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. All right, man. Glad to be here. Uh... But uh, hold on, guys. I'm just in the middle of a call. Uh, that's right. Six dozen roses. That's right. From me. That's right. To me. <laughs> the fish must face Dan Chase, Bassmaster. Ooh, nice. And my name is Al, and we are joined with a special guest host, Luigi Pedalino. Luigi is so formal. Just call me Lulu. <laughs> what a do, woo woo. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going? What's up, man? Hey, man. Thank you for joining yeah. us again. Well, my pleasure. Hey, it's been a great season seven so far. So, I've uh, been really enjoying uh, each episode you guys churn out. So, my kudos to you guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, Jamie couldn't make it. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. A guy emailed me at the end of season six and he said, he goes, you know, I love your show, man, but I don't think even you guys can get me to sit through season seven in any way, shape, or form. So I said to him, listen, our show is not a reflection of how good the episode is. Uh, you know, like, you you could throw us the worst episode, and we're, we're going to try to take it and spit something out that's entertaining, hopefully, you know. So <laughs> if that's working so far, thank you. Uh, it's been very, very entertaining. I mean, you guys are a great team, and I enjoy listening to you every week. Thanks, man. I feel like some of the worst uh, Married with Children episodes are some of our best ones, actually. I definitely had fun with that birthday one. Like, ripping that to pieces was a good time. That's what I was, th- that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they exactly <laughs> nailed it. So, uh, and of course, Luigi is part of the Married with Children research team, and this guy just drops a ton of bricks of notes every episode. You're amazing, dude. You give so much insight to all the cultural references and all that type of stuff, so thank you for that every week, man. Well, thank you. Like, I I feel like I'm the Cliff Clavin of uh, the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but um, you know what I what I'll say is you know there's a bunch of people on who listen to the podcast who are on the younger side of the uh, of our audience spectrum. So some of the stuff from the '90s is really not going to come very easily to them. You know, I remember like for example, you know, it was mentioned of Fergie at one point, and it's like you know we're talking about Sarah <laughs> Fergus and we're not talking about no, you know Fergalicious Fer- as, as you call it then, right? So you know, um, I think it's great to educate it because then that makes the jokes funnier. Right. You know, like when you actually know what the what the reference is, you know, try not to bore people. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, you guys do a great job of keeping it entertaining, keeping the pace moving. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. Context is everything for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's keep this moving. This is called, we're reviewing, It Doesn't Get Any Better Than This. Uh, Al takes a fishing trip alone, only to have Peg and Marcy show up and spoil his vacation. Okay, that's a horrible description. And and this is from, this is from the DVDs that Sony released. Who do you think is worse than that DVD one or IMDb? Oh, well, that's just people writing it. Sometimes they just say too many things. And they are also wrong a lot, but this should be more accurate, but they're acting like Al was at the cabin and then these two just showed up. They just showed up like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately, that's not the premise on this one. No. <laughs> no. The title of this episode is taken from Al's visions of what his time away was going to be like rather than reality. So it, it does get a lot better than what happened here. Bundy wanted a quiet vacation. Which one of us has the firmest hiding? What he got was a holiday in hell. I'm blind! And all you married with children, Sunday on Fox. Al's sitting on the couch. It's 5 a.m. He has all of his fishing gear on. He got his tackle box on the table. And he's going to Lake Chunky. And he has a shirt on that says, I fished, therefore I am. And that is a spoof of Renee Descartes famous declaration I think therefore I am and you know I had to look up you know what what, what does a chunky mean because you know I'm not a fisherman um, so apparently it means a broad or heavy fish so he's going bass fishing right okay yeah he did call himself bass master <laughs> it is 5 a.m. and the morning sun is peeking through the pines of Lake Chunky <laughs> But it is no ordinary morning. The fish must face more than just the sun today. The fish must face Al Bundy, Bassmaster. But uh, but yeah, and the one thing I noticed about this scene right out, right off the bat was Al talking to us, mm. talking to the camera. He does it a few times. Um, I don't know if he's done it. You know, I'd have to think back if he's actually done it up to this Before. point. But but he right. has broken the fourth wall. Oh, actually, yeah. wait a minute. Remember when in the voting episode when they go voting, he says, you know, and you know, and read my lips. Remember at the end scene, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So he does break oh, the right. fourth wall there. But I'm, I'm thinking even earlier than that, very possible. But I think it worked really well here. I don't know about you guys, but to start the episode off like that too, you know, and it's not like they overdo it like some shows do, because now it's just it's kind of cliche actually to just you know oh, at this point, sure. But yeah. it reminded me of uh, Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> That's like fourth wall uh, jamboree right there. <laughs> No, like Al has done it a ton of times. It depends how what kind of context or or how you're perceiving it or how we're supposed to how we're perceiving what he is doing. Like, for example, when he eats all those tacos and and burritos with the hot sauce, he looks straight ahead and, and maybe I think this is like the right thing. He says, like, let's rock. Like he's obviously talking to an audience, but is he just saying it to himself? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I really like about this episode, you know, it touches on something, you know, that's near and dear to me. It's like, for example, your own mental health. Mm-hmm. So remember in the Goodbye Girl, Al goes on vacation on his couch. 
right? And he needs a week of mental health, you know, relief. Otherwise, he's going to kill all of them in alphabetical order, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but in this case, it's like, hey, you know, he's able to actually get a, ca a fishing cabin. He wants to go by himself, you know, and relax. And, you know, and the last time they went camping, that was a disaster. That was the camping show, a.k.a. a period piece. <laughs> right. So, so let me ask you, have you guys like, ever vacationed on your own, you know, for your own mental health? It's necessary a lot, you know. I'm big on being sporadic too, not giving something too much thought, you know. Like some weekend getaways that we've done, it's just been on a whim, just because it's like, okay, yeah, no, we need to, we need to get out of here for a little bit, and you just go, and and everything always works out, and because you know, you don't always need all that planning and stuff like that. It's just nice to get away and not worry about anything. You know, it, it works the opposite way sometimes. I feel like with vacations and stuff because people try and put too much effort into it, too much planning, and they just end up getting stressed out, like you're defeating the purpose. I need a vacation for my vacation. <laughs> right, right. I mean, right. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's why I sympathize with Alan this, in, in this right. episode because it's like, hey, you know, he, he just wants to unwind, you know, have a few relaxing days where he doesn't have to deal with, you know, the, the nagging and the children and blah, 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 and all of a sudden – you know, his plans yeah. are foiled. He can't even get a free, a uh, uh, nice, quiet ride there. Right. <laughs> They're there right away. It's like nothing happening. I, I, I almost feel like this is a problem with Al, though. You know, at this point in the game, he's got to be better than this. He's got to be better at maneuvering to get out of there. You know, and waking up at 5 a.m., that, that's a start. Yeah, it's a start. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> but, like, you gotta you got to be a ninja with that stuff, especially because his family, you know, all the episodes that we've seen, this is – this is their M.O. This is what they do. Right. Yeah, why were you sitting there talking to us? Right. <laughs> you should have been driving already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, yep. and Alex, you know, this is a callback for you. You remember in the poker game, he won the, um, you know, he took Steve's money, right? And, the, you know, he won it and he got himself a fishing rod. And, like, he was a lot more slick, you know, back in season one. So what happened to him in six years, right? Uh, right? He's defeated. Maybe he just... <laughs> He dulled those types of senses, but uh, he's he's definitely getting sloppy. And <clears throat> sitting on the couch after all this is amazing to me. You would think this guy would be a ninja and he'd be out of here, but no. For some reason, pegs up at the crack of dawn. God only knows why. Um, so Al <laughs> practices casting in the house, which is a, a, a apparently a normal pre-fishing ritual because Buck sees it coming and he snags Buck with the hook. Here it comes. I shall now cast. <laughs> Sorry there, boy. <laughs> and he goes like, I, and then Al just, he doesn't have to come and pick it out of his skin. He could just, just tugs it. It just comes out. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's a TV show for you. As Al lays his worm upon the waters, a mighty hush falls over the woodland. What creature would dare disturb him? <coughs> Hi, honey. The loon, of course. Yeah, I think it's funny. It says, you know, what creature would dare disturb him? And then it's like Peg comes down. Hi, honey. It's like the yeah. loon, of course. <laughs> so, 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 loon, so loon is an aquatic bird, and it's actually featured prominently on the Canadian $1 coin. Hence the name Looney for those of you uh, who travel to Canada. Now, are you going fishing? Fishing? 
What makes you think that? <laughs> oh, and uh, Peg, by the way, and this is a totally unrelated topic, if you're looking for me next week, I uh, won't be around. I'll be uh, at work. <laughs> work. It's a five-day, 24-hour, daylight, moonlight, daylight, moonlight, daylight, moonlight madness sale. Well, then they did go to the right man for the job. Who but you could go daylight, moonlight, daylight, moonlight, daylight, moonlight without showering or changing his clothes? Hey, the shoe game ain't for sissy boys, baby. <laughs> Anyhow, in case you were going to call, which you never do, but which I know you would just this once, all wives are strictly prohibited from calling or coming anywhere near the shoe store for the entire duration of the sale. Naturally, this has us shoe guys up in arms, especially me, because Peg, Lord knows you is my inspiration. Oh, wait a second, honey. Oh! You just had a hair on your head. Don't worry, I got it. So now tell me where you're really going. You're not tough enough to force it out of me. Going on vacation. Good boy. Now, where are we going? Oh, then he looked to an early grave. But right now, I am going to my boss's mountain cabin to fish and drink and drink and fish and sometimes even fish and drink and drink and fish. For one week, I'm going to pretend that I'm actually alive. Now, what really is strange here is that Al says he's going to his boss's mountain cabin. Is this, are we supposed to believe this is Gary's, the the chick Gary from the shoe store's cabin? Right. And why would she let him in there? Right. We, and we don't know that she's a chick yet. No. It's just weird to say that at all because we've had no interaction with Al's boss. The only interaction we ever had was a fake boss. Right. Yeah, it was kind of a weird, like, you had to think back, like, wait, who is... <laughs> Who is Al's boss, first of all? Right. And second of all, why would he give him the cabin for the weekend? Like, what? Yeah, that's weird. So Marcy rings the doorbell. Al says it's the paper boy. <laughs> and then Marcy does another classic, uh, you know, hand on waist chicken pose when she's trying to emote. <laughs> Misunderstood your cries of pluck me to the butcher? But clearly, your cries of pluck me to the barber did not go unanswered. Marcy, have the nerve to face me when you're speaking to me. Whoops, you are. Hey, we got to get you a sciences front and back. We should get you one for your pants, eh? So, so Marcy, so Marcy says, "Out of the way, shoe yeti." Just before that, so the yeti is also known as the abominable snowman, which is a folkloric ape-like creature taller than the average human that is said to inhabit the Himalayan mountains. They finally found him. <laughs> Al's lines and like him saying that Marcy is so flat, you don't know which way she's facing. That is just amazing, and you get so many Marcy disses in this one segment. I always have a fear that they're going to run out. I always, I don't like it when they throw too many 
Marcy digs in one section because I think like, oh man, you could have saved that for the next, you know. They had even more setups too, um, but they didn't decide to go that route uh, later on in the episode. I mean, it was still digs at her, mm. but it was more of digs of like just females in general because Peg was was intertwined with it. But yeah, I thought this was going to be a setup for, for a Marcy massacre. <laughs> Even though Jefferson has a job, he is still charging his lunches on my credit card. And you should see the size of the tips he leaves the waitresses. And you know what he said when I called him on it? Hey, babe, I'm good looking. <laughs> That's his answer to everything. Well, what's his answer to cries of, hey there, where are you going with that little boy? <laughs> Go pick your hiney. <laughs> Women are talking. Anyhow. I refuse to spend another minute alone with Jefferson. I don't even want to be in the same house with him. Well, then I think I have the perfect solution. Uh, Peg, if this is what I'm thinking, I shall have to unleash my veto power. You see, Al and I are going on vacation. Veto, I say. <laughs> veto, veto, veto. So Peg invites Marcy to come along on this thing that she's not even really invited to. <laughs> really? No, she wasn't invited at all. <laughs> Neither of them were, right? I know. <laughs> Life is still taking a dump right on Al's head, man. Oh, stop pouting, Al. If I don't see a smile, I will forbid you to come with us. <laughs> That's better. Now, come on. You didn't forget anything, did you? Nothing that matters. Uh, what's going on? Cheese it, the kids. <laughs> Vacation! <laughs> curse you! I curse you to your worst nightmare! An eternity of being together! <laughs> and you can't leave the bedroom! Ooh. And Grandma's there! <laughs> and she's out of depend! <laughs> what? Mom and Dad just left us alone. Alone, with no parental supervision. And stay out. <laughs> yes. Finally alone. Free. Free to run amok. Uh, you know, and I will say, I thought it was really funny, the historical reference he said, because, you know, Peg, uh, Al starts yelling, veto, veto, I say. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't know, a veto um, is a Latin word, which means I forbid. And it is the power used by an officer of the state, for example, to unilaterally stop an official accent, action, especially the enactment of legislation. And the institution of the veto, known to the Romans as the intercessio, was adopted by the Roman Republic in the 6th century B.C. So at the end of this podcast, we're going to have a quiz, everyone. <laughs> oh, the hooters, I'll be a-juggling. <laughs> yeah, well, just don't hurt your hand on the staples. Did you guys, did your parents ever leave you at home for a week around that age? Like, when you were 18, did, did they ever say, like... Well, me and mom, uh, we want to go on a vacation to Bermuda. Do you want to go or not? You can stay home if you want. And at that point, at 18, you're like, well, yeah, go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a problem. Waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it was 1998. My parents finally went on a vacation without me, man. It was the coolest thing ever. I finally had the house to myself. And it's weird. Like, there was no you think it would be some big official goodbye and a bunch of 
to tell you a bunch of things, but no, not really. They just said, here's my... But I mean, like at, at 18, the risk of you burning down the house is fairly low, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, if you, and if you do burn it down, then you're legally re- uh, responsible <laughs> for it, right? <laughs> Dude, I had literally the complete opposite uh, experience. Uh, when my mom was leaving, it was very much don't have any parties. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? I threw a, a major. <laughs> I threw a rager. Well, sake, I got good news and bad news. The good news is you have plenty of room in your liquor cabinet. The bad news is <laughs> I threw a party and there's a hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, dude, no, that, that, yeah, that actually did happen too. There were several in the basement. Yeah. To, uh... Were they head shaped? <laughs> yeah. did you learn how to spackle after that day i did no honestly yes i i gave it i it was a valiant effort but i went to now he does drywall <laughs> after i spackled it so i had to paint it so i painted the entire room Ooh. so like one of those vacation days that i had to myself you know it was probably a sunday or whatever uh, while it was their vacation, I was spent uh, spackling and painting the entire room. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> when they came back, they're like, wow, Dan, maybe we should go away tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow, every time we come back, our house is remodeled. <laughs> they, yeah, they found out like two days later, my name because the cops came. It was a whole thing. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, and here's one thing I want to point out. So Kelly says that they had, they, she says, I mean, we haven't been left entirely alone since we were in diapers. But, I mean, did they forget about when uh, they had dinner with anthrax? Oh, yeah. Boy, what a short memory. Really? Wow, that's true. And there were holes in the walls there, yeah, too. That's right. They should have called Dan and go plug him up. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be happy to do it. Perfect. <laughs> so, but this is a great line that sort of just goes unnoticed. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how much of a big deal the audience can make out of it, but I just thought this was real funny. Oh, the hooters I'll be a-juggling. Yeah, well, just don't hurt your hand on the staples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about shooting someone down, man. Wow. Amazing. I just love that, though, because it like, first of all, as soon as he says it, it's like, well, what makes you think you'll be juggling anything just because your parents won't be home? You think it's that easy, bro? It hasn't been too easy for you yet, has it? (laughs) I mean, then again, I guess he did have sex in the last episode, but whatever. But we're free with no responsibility to anyone but ourselves. Hey, guys, what's for breakfast? Curse you! Curse your mangy eyes and the horses you rode in on! Look what they did to us. They left us with this little walking booger. Seven comes down the stairs. I mean, it was just as much of a downer for Kelly and Bud to see him as it was for us to see him. Oh, right? Yeah, we all shared in that collective <laughs> hatred. We all shared it, that moment. Well, you know why, too? is because he started talking. And it's like, oh, no, they gave, they gave this little crumb snatcher lines. Like, oh, like, I could just tell where this is headed. And I was like, I don't like it one bit. I hope that they spend a, a long time at the cabin. 
Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I have, I have two young boys, um, and um, you know, I've tried that parakeet trick, and it doesn't yeah. seem to work. So I'm wondering what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, I, I can't believe it worked here. Did you guys like that? I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> like that whole running yeah. gag. I thought it was very stupid, but I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah, I like how Jefferson tried and failed miserably. <laughs> yeah. That kind of made it work, you know? That kind of made yeah. it worth it, I think. But the other ones are just kind of stupid. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you know, Alex, uh, you know, you've made this comment before on the podcast. It's like this is like very much a cartoon episode, hmm. you know, with like what the tactics that they use, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, and it's like either you, you have to buy into the fact that it's a cartoon or you're not going to like the episode at all. It was tough to swallow when – he starts snoring instantly. <laughs> you know, uh, that made it a, a little difficult. But then, you know, you're watching a show and you're here. You're here for the joke they're telling you. You're not here to see a mirror of reality. So right. once you realize that, or once you keep getting reminded anyway, because, you know, listen, if a show is grounded, then you don't think of any of this. It's when it starts grounded and all of a sudden they decide to let's be a little more zany. Then all of a sudden you start questioning it, you know? So, for example, watching The Simpsons, you wouldn't question anything that goes on there, right? Well, right. Right. It's a a cartoon, yeah. Right. This one started as a grounded show about kind of serious topics, 16 years and what do you get and all this kind of stuff. And then now you're throwing a parakeet sheet on somebody. Well, so (laughs) the thing is, though, about it is the fact that I think it's all based in reality and and it's very kind of dark humorous the way Married with Children approaches it. Because with something like that, you think back to the original deal, like, why are they doing this? And it's because they don't want to feed them. So they just want them to sleep until they get home. Like, it's just it's just it just makes you shake your head and just kind of laugh to yourself. And it's just like, well, OK, so that's what they're doing. And then honestly, with the whole blanket thing, even afterwards, when they all put themselves under it, I thought it's just like we don't know what to do without them. So we're just going to go to sleep. And there is like a kernel of truth to that. You know, you, you ever you ever try and, you know, get through a day that you don't, you know, I think of like being sick or something. Yeah, you just or, go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, like I just, if I just go to sleep early, like this day will be over. And uh, yeah, so there are nuggets, kernels of, of truth that makes these over the top things, I think, work. You know, the ideas are based for, on real things. It's just a, a weird kind of, like I said, dark humor way of going about it. I'm hungry. Well, Kelly's stupid. Nobody's helping her. Yeah. And believe me, my mind was a terrible thing to taste. <laughs> Mom and Dad didn't leave us any food or anything. Come on, Kel. Now, I know Mom and Dad aren't way up there on the evolutionary scale, but even dung beetles wouldn't go on vacation without providing for their young. <laughs> See? Who wants some baking soda on a cracker? <laughs> That's not a cracker. It's a cockroach. It's coming right at me. To tell you the truth, I'm not sure which was moving which. (laughs) Which doesn't really surprise me. I don't know why they're so surprised.
That was my big thing. They were like, they didn't even leave us any money for food. I'm like, when do they ever leave you money and or, or food? food? Even if they're <laughs> home, they're not leaving you food. There's nothing there. Right. If they do, they're taking it. <laughs> Just a fridge with uh, the box of baking soda, which – I think I talked about this one other time on the show. Nobody really does that anymore. Or maybe just I don't know anyone who does that anymore. But I think fridges are better now. I think there's like like a circulation system in them or something. But nobody really has to leave baking soda open in a fridge anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, but but Arm and Hammer will tell you otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it removes odor or something. I, and what odor would be in that fridge anyway? You know, right, right, yeah. There's no food. <laughs> well, the mystery pack was in there for a few years, right? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I want to know though, how do you mistake a cracker for a cockroach? And how does the box push the roach? <laughs> I thought that was funny though. Yeah, I didn't. Think, yeah, the logistics of that don't work, but I loved it when it moved. This <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, I mean, it's like a magical refrigerator, right? I think anything <laughs> anything that goes in that refrigerator develops these magic properties, right? It's like, remember when the mystery pack, like, you know, started biting at them? It's like, I think this thing's biting at me, you know? Like one of the if it's guys. out of the freezer, why is it hot? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it becomes the uh, refrigerator from the show Dinosaurs. Anybody remember that show where they had, where they had animals? Oh, it's crap. Oh, do you remember Pee Wee's refrigerator? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Pee-wee had the greatest refrigerator ever, man. I got into an argument today with someone who didn't believe me that I had the, his toilet seat, you know, the one that opened its mouth and stuff. I used to have that as a toy. And they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I had the whole play set. So that was involved with it, you know, and I was like, yeah, I have the toilet and it's got eyes and everything. And they just like they just didn't believe me at all. They're like, nobody's going to make a toy of a toilet. I'm like, I had it. Oh, Pee-wee did. Yeah, exactly. Be me or I'm going to be really annoying. What are we going to do, Kel? The parakeet trick. It's what Mom used to use on you when you got hungry during our soaps. What is it? Well, when a parakeet makes noise, you throw a blanket over its cage so they think it's night. They go to sleep. <laughs> Come on, Kel. Now that can't possibly work. Food, 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 food. Food. <laughs> well, it's going to be a week. Maybe we should get him a little mirror and a perch. <laughs> so Kelly at this point does the, the parakeet trick, throws the blanket over Seven, and he thinks it's nighttime, and he goes right to sleep instantly. So take that how you want. So they do it to themselves to sleep through the hunger, you know? They know they're not going to be eaten either, and like Dan said, when you know the day's not going to get any better, sometimes you just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life now. Yeah, this is my life, man. Boy, this ought to teach Jefferson a lesson. He didn't even know I slipped out of bed this morning. Well, maybe he's still out cold having seen you slip into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brunhildes. Family meeting. Let's go, let's go. Get around. All right, just stay there. I'll come to you. <laughs> That's better. Now, it's time to lay down the ground rules of the house. Rule number one, there are two bedrooms. I get one alone. <laughs> you two can share one. If you keep the door closed while you're changing, you don't want to kill my bait. <laughs> Rule two. Speaking to me, 
Al, nobody is going to speak to you. Nobody wants to speak to you. Nobody will speak to you. That's why it's so great that Marcy came along. Women are much better company for each other than men. <laughs> men really do just get in the way, don't they? Just think if they were all dead. <laughs> There'd be no more sports, no burping, no Howie Mandel. <laughs> what a wonderful world it would be. <laughs> yeah, but maybe we could keep the gay guys. <laughs> They're so much fun at lunch and really good with color. <laughs> Well, without straight guys to wrong you women, where would they get those delightful stories for those wonderful made-for-TV movies? So the cabin they go to is really nice, right? For the 90s, anyway. Yeah, I loved the set. I thought it was great. And, okay. and Alex, I mean, do you think they recycled parts of the uh, uh, camping show set on that? Oh, I, 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 I really didn't look, you know, I, re- I wasn't able to look closely enough. But, I mean, I mean, it looked fairly similar, hmm. you know, if not maybe reconfigured. Definitely similar. I can't imagine they kept that set. Or unless they use it for some other shows and then they See, were able to... that's what I was wondering. Do shows share props or... You know what I mean? Or is it just like a general like prop bin that, that all the shows can pick from? Um, I always wondered that because you would think that like as a, a cost-effective way, right. they, it, anybody could use them. So I don't have the answers. I just pose the questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they got to get all these things every time, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. And I'm sure that they do need a lot of stuff that they don't already have. But the things that they do have, you'd think that they'd want to use. Right. Yeah, because they paid for it. Right. Women are much better company for each other than men. <laughs> men really do just get in the way, don't they? Just think if they were all dead. <laughs> There'd be no more sports, no burping, no Howie Mandel. <laughs> yeah, Howie Mandel. <laughs> now, what was he known for at this point? Little monsters and... Yeah, so so he... Howie Mandel, uh, in 1987, movie. starred in uh, um, alongside Amy Steele in the comedy film Walk the Line. Amy Steele? Yeah. You mean like Friday the 13th Part 2? Really? Yeah. So from 1982 to 1988, uh, he starred in uh, e, uh, as ER intern Dr. Wayne Fiscus on St. Elsewhere. Oh, right. Yeah. And you're right, Dan. He created and starred in the children's cartoon Bobby's World, and he was a judge on NBC's America's Got Talent. He also had a talk show, and Christina Applegate was on that in 1998. Oh. And more recently, he hosted Deal or No Deal, which, yeah. by the way, Meghan Markle was one of the models on it during its second season. <laughs> again with her. It's, it seems that every time... Every time you're on, yeah, we talk about Meghan Markle. Yeah, like I said, I don't have a thing for her, but I don't know, it just seems to be a coincidence this time. We can't stop. <laughs> I hope uh, Harry doesn't get jealous of me, right? <laughs> well, we know he's going to listen, so... <laughs> he's a big fan. <laughs> but yeah, Amy Steele from Friday 13th Part 2 is in that movie. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like I said, Little Monsters with Fred Savage. I was trying to think of things around that time. I, this, that, this might have been after that. But he's been around for a while, though. Yeah, now he's known for being a germaphobe. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yep. Well, let me ask you, do you like him better with hair or without hair? Probably, probably without. It suits him better. It's cleaner. You know, you know what we do. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, exactly. I mean, we're, we're members of Bad, right? You exactly. and I. Yeah, Bad. <laughs> you know, podcasting with you two guys makes me think of something. Well, two things. One, I really miss shooting pool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, it, it, Dan, actually, we're lucky that Lacey isn't on because, you know, I think she would have abused both of us. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not going to direct her to this episode in any possible way. Oh, man, she was brutal. Maybe we shouldn't have brought him along. Thank God we have each other. I know. <laughs> We're best friends and sisters. Goodbye. And we will be forever. You know, women's relationships throughout history have been much more supportive than those of men. My own room. So Al walks into his own room. He said one of those bedrooms are only his, and the those two have to share the other one. And he has his own room, and he's so happy. He's talking to his dead father. Look, Dad. It's all mine. <laughs> Got my own bed. I always wanted to have a bed of my own. How come I never had one? Ozzy had his own bed. Father from Father Knows Best had his own bed. <laughs> Mr. Donna Reed had his own bed. <laughs> Well, Mr. Peggy Bundy's going to have his own bed. I'm going to go out there right now and ask Peggy if I never have to sleep with her again. So the joke there is that, you know, during the 50s and the 60s, you know, married couples on TV generally slept in their separate beds. So he makes a reference to the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, uh, which mm -hmm. aired from 1952 to 1966. And in that one, um, Ozzie Nelson and his wife, singer Harriet Nelson and their sons, Dave and Ricky, you know, were part of this since all America, you know, was a great American family, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Al actually made a reference to that show in Buck Has a Bellyache, season six, episode six. Then he makes another reference to Father Knows Best, which was a sitcom starring Robert Young, Jane Wyatt, Eleanor Donahue, Billy Gray, and Lauren Chapin. And it followed the lives of the Andersons, a middle-class family living in a Midwestern town of Springfield. Which makes you wonder if the Simpsons of Springfield got their inspiration from that show. Right. right? That's all I thought of when you said that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, you know, and Married with Children was advertised originally as a show where father doesn't know best. So that's another uh, reference. And finally, uh, the Donna Reed show was, was uh, referenced, uh, which was another sitcom starring Donna Reed as a middle class housewife, Donna Stone. And Carl Betts co-starred as her pediatrician husband, Dr. Alex Stone. And that aired from 1958 to 1966. So that was a thing then. Thank God that's over with, man. Can you imagine how awkward that is when you have to keep crawling over to your wife's bed? Like, uh, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think What's it was up? until the 70s. It might have been like an all-in-the-family where like they depicted you know, a couple like sleeping in the same bed. Yeah, because even in that movie A Christmas Story, the dad and mom sleep in different beds. Right. And that that was in the 80s, but I think depicting the f 40s. Was it the 40s or 50s? It's so crazy, though, to think about that and and how, you know, people say how far we've come. But really, like how different things are now, you know, like think of the depraved thing that you can find on the Internet these days and stuff like that. And then you think like literally like not too long ago, like you couldn't even sleep in the same bed. Like what? Right. It is fascinating. And it makes you think of the future, too. Like, okay, from that time to now, oh, God. you know, 30, 40 years from now, what's it going to be like? It's crazy. How's it going to be? Be. <laughs> so uh, a minute after being all hyped up about being together, how much they love each other and their best friends, Marcy and Peg are screaming at each other. 
Both run over to Al for comfort and support. You evil snippet, eat yellow snow. Girls, <laughs> girls, girls. Girls, who am I kidding? Sea hags. <laughs> now, what are you fighting about? And it better not be stupid. It's not. Well, then go on. Okay. Without looking in the cupboard, tell me which way should the coffee cups be facing? <laughs> And I thought it was just stupid. What's stupid is a woman who stacks them right side up so they collect dust. Well, at home, uh, in her defense, we recycle dust to make hot cocoa. <laughs> then uh, in a few weeks, it becomes porridge. That was actually the wrong terminology. It's not facing. Because then you would say, should the handle be on the right or left in the cabinet? It's really, if it's upside down or not, I guess it's which way it's uh, sitting. Sit, yeah, right, is what they right, should right, say. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. And, and, he call, yeah, and he calls them sea hags. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you not familiar, the sea hag is a fictional character <laughs> in the Popeye cartoons. Yes. Oh, I thought it was just an insult. A sea hag is actually something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now it's funny that this came up with the, the dust argument because I actually did this in my wife's uh, former house, you know, where her parents live, about five years ago, and at the time her sister was living there, I put the cups so that they were upside down. So then all of a sudden, this is like, what are you doing? Why is this like this? Blah, 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 and started changing them all. And I go, oh, I put them that way in my house so dust doesn't collect inside of them. And she's like, oh, nothing sits here long enough for dust to collect inside of it. Everything here gets used. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go another room. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to exit. Oh, she is so obnoxious, man. And I, I'm, uh, I don't want to get into it, but uh, so it's funny that I had to have this battle too. And not a battle. I, didn't, I don't care enough to battle, but, you know, the same type of situation. Well, well, but, but you have to, but you have to admit. I mean, they they use the dust to make hot cocoa in the Bundy household, right? So, has, has, has a has a use? It does. So, and I can picture this with them. I mean, they use water for iced tea. So it can't surprise you that they use dust for co- hot cocoa or porridge. I think we should have an award. At some point, what's the grossest thing that the Bundys have going on in the house? Because, like, I think to even just, like, I I gag so much when I think of a Tang sandwich. Oh, that's nothing, dude. That's mild now. That's that's softball stuff. Yeah, that's the glory days now. I do. Yeah, they were partying then. They were living it up then. But, yeah, like, cockroaches, everything, man. Brown, crunchy water. Yeah, it's, it's bad now. It's not about the cups at all, is it? What's really bothering you is the way my clothes mold themselves to my body. Spare me the voluptuous rap, you Sasquatchian nightmare. So in folklore, Sasquatch or Bigfoot are said to be hairy, upright, ape-like creatures. So look, that's two uh, references to the abominable uh, snowman, right? In one episode. One episode. Two different words, but it's the same thing. Yep. Yeti and Sasquatch. Wow. And I love Bigfoot, actually. I'm a huge – I have a Bigfoot air freshener in my truck. I guess I should I should paste Al's head on it and Peg's head on the other side. 
you're 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 being awfully humble when you say that. Alex is big time into Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, he used to be. Not so much anymore, right? I was obsessed at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, my, uh, my my sisters used to call me Bigfoot, so I'm a size 13. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was obsessed until I realized he absolutely could never exist. Because to to exist, there would have to be so many of them that we would see them. <laughs> you know, they can, there's not, to make a species continue, especially in the means they have to live, there would have to be so many that they would eventually be seen by human beings. And if, if there's like one or two or whatever they're, like, you know, whatever they're saying happens here, there's no way that's real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah real quick, I had a funny story. So, you know, I'm, I'm like significantly taller than my parents. So um, what happened is like when I was about when my age was my shoe size from the age of five to the age of 13. So I went up like a size each year. So oh when I was like nine years old, you know, one day, you know, my my, my feet were like too, too tight on my shoes. Like I got to go to a 10. And my dad was a size nine. I was like, hey, dad, do you want my sneakers? <laughs> Wow. That's the opposite of usually of like what you do. With right. It's like, hey, make sure you double up on the socks. Yeah, you're yeah. going to need it. Chill out, chiclet chest. One thing that I learned while I was doing research on this episode, um, they, make, uh, they make a reference to uh, Marcy having a chiclet chest. So I found out that chiclets were discontinued just four years ago in 2016. Oh, really? Believe that? I'll think of it. I haven't seen them in years, like at the grocery store or anything. Wow, that's a sad, sad thing to think about. First Twinkies, now this. Thank God they brought Twinkies back. <laughs> <laughs> I they are bringing it back. Thank God. I, 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 now they're going to make blue Twinkies in in honor of something. I forgot what it was, like a show or something or a, a movie coming out. It's going to be blue filling. I, I forgot what it was, though. But. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, Alex, now, in other news, we talk about things like, um, like you know, how many chicken breasts I should buy for my diet and stuff like that. When yeah. you think Twinkie, do you even entertain eating something like that? No. No. <laughs> so it's not even that appealing to you, is it? it? Not even a split second have I ever <laughs> pondered if I should eat a Twinkie. <laughs> I mean, well, we all know it's all natural, right? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it survived the zombie apocalypse for Woody Harrelson. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, and, you know, actually, there's, there's an interesting parallel. So the Twinkie was very famous on All in the Family because it was Archie's favorite, um, you know, treat, whereas Al Bundy had the weenie tots, right? Nice. Yep. <laughs> and Peg has bonbons. Right. <laughs> Everybody got something. Homer's good as defense. <laughs> yeah, Homer, yeah, don't, yeah, you're right. Right side up. Upside down. Let's ask Al. So Al tries to hang himself, but the rope was a tad too long. <laughs> Can you imagine what went into that so that he's like, okay, listen, I want to do a few prep. I'm going to hold this like 10 times and do this and make sure there's no way it'll get snagged on any of this uh, contraption you got here. You know, like you imagine if he jumped and it got caught up in that thing in the ceiling and it just stayed tight. Like 
you know, rescue guys standing by, you know, ambulance right there in case this thing gets snagged as he jumps. Because right. that would be insane. <laughs> so Al was willing to commit suicide, but it didn't happen. Anybody home? Hello? So Jefferson comes by the Bundy house um, and he takes off the blanket. Now, Dan, how do you feel? You know, you mentioned you don't like the super unrealistic. So when they're like, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Yeah, I guess this would be unusual in any other home, but I think all things considered, I'll just let this pass. <laughs> How do you feel about? I don't know if they're like impersonating a parrot or whatever, but they're. Uh, yeah. So for me, this falls into that category. You know, reminds me of Bud, Baby Bud, again a little bit. <laughs> it's just I don't know. So it, I guess it depends on the joke. It depends on the context, and sometimes you know. I'll admit this too. A lot of the times it's just me, you know, it's not my type of comedy. Like, or if it is, it just doesn't hit me right. But that one, again, I just kind of shook my head. I'm like, it's stupid. <laughs> like, but again, it's, it's still entertaining. Like I get it. And you know, it's, right. it's a passing thing. It's a, it's a joke. And then, and then we're, we're off of it. You know, they never dwell on, on certain things um, for too long to where I'm like, they're, they're really completely overdoing this i don't like this whole setup they say it we're done we're moving on so yeah and, and alex i want to ask you this what you know jefferson pops something into each of their mouths did were those chiclets <laughs> i have no idea it would make more sense that they're chiclets <laughs> i guess i'll go i'll go with that <laughs> uh, yeah and meanwhile they can't eat those <laughs> so it's even more of a tease they're just gonna chew it and just n do nothing stay hungry <laughs> jefferson played with marcy's pajamas all night before he realized she wasn't in them and she <laughs> let him do anything man <laughs> that that was probably one of the best jokes of this episode and the follow-up later the payoff later was excellent man yes that made, that made it it's one of those things that you can't think too much about. It's just like a joke, you know? You can't really think about it, so I won't even no. explore this. <laughs> Otherwise, we're, like, <laughs> killing the point of it. Hey, bud, you seen Marcy lately? I spent all day and night in bed yesterday cuddling with her pajamas <laughs> till I realized she wasn't in them. <laughs> I was wondering why she was so docile. I mean, uh, she let me do anything I wanted. <laughs> Uh, you know, like like have candy and stuff. <laughs> uh, you know where she might be? She went on vacation with mom and dad. Left us here to strive with this miserable little grub. Hey, who are you calling miserable, you little... <laughs> and Bud throws the blanket over him, and it's like, why couldn't Kelly come up with this thing in the beginning of the season? Right. Why wait till now? Oh, you know what? I didn't say any of that stuff. God, I am totally losing it. I'm sorry, guys. This is totally unprofessional. Ready? This is season seven, episode 14. <laughs> uh, original air date, January 24th, 1993. Director, wow, and there is something to say here. Director Sam W. Orinder and writer Michael Moy. I guess my point, before I realized I didn't say all that stuff in the beginning, was that um, this is episode 14, and I wish they could have realized it um, 
you know, 14 episodes ago, we could have shut this kid up like a long time ago. <laughs> right? That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, if that's all it takes, hey. <sighs> Imagine the nerve of that woman leaving me just because she's mad at me for using her credit card. I mean, so what if I leave big tips with her money? I mean, what's the difference when I do wrong? I'm good looking. <laughs> you know, the attractive should have special rights. I think we should have our own parking spaces. They could have a little circle with a sparkly smile because looking at us makes people happy. Ain't it the truth? <laughs> what? Well, what? What are we attractive people laughing at? Oh, not you, good looking. <laughs> You ain't bad yourself. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and Bud thinks he's one of the good looking. Now, I I love this whole look on Bud's face. It was like, what? 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 Like the way he's doing that between Jefferson and Kelly because he doesn't realize that they're laughing at him is gold. Like his facial expression and the way he's not getting it is amazing. It is good, right? Yeah, exactly. Even the second time he does it, it it's just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. How dare Marcy deny me anything? Besides, I have every right to use this credit card. Look at it. It says right here, Marcy Darcy. Darcy, that's me. And the mystery is, why does he still have it? How does she not take it away after what he did and how he got caught doing it and all this? Amazing. So... You know, I have a thought. <laughs> it's almost as funny as you being attractive. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, God, I needed that. <laughs> Jefferson's really good this season. Yes, I agree, man. You know, coming off of the last two episodes, too, he's been on fire lately. Man, you know... I know we uh, didn't really think he killed it in season five, and I think most of season six he wasn't really killing it either. I didn't like some of the stuff they gave him, but I got to tell you, they really figured him out after about a year or so, you know? Well, and I know, um, you know, often I've heard the argument that Jerry and I didn't go hard enough. You know, we didn't, we didn't, I, or especially me on my end, I didn't represent Jefferson's side and and defend him as much as I could. But that's the thing about being a Patriots fan when you're just a winner always. Like it carries over. <laughs> and you don't you don't need to brag. You just are great. Jefferson just is great. I don't need to brag about it. I don't need talking points and, and giving Jefferson jokes. Jefferson just just spits fire all the time, you know? And, and yes, they don't use it. Like, there, there was a time, remember? We were ragging on him. We were like, oh, yeah. you know, he's just used as a punching bag and, and and going with the flow. Look at the last three episodes. Straight fire. And, and you know, and what I'll say about that, because, you know, this is like the whole Ginger Marianne uh, thing, you know, for Married <laughs> with Children fans, right? We have Steve and Jefferson. Yeah. You know, th- you know Jefferson as a character has to be written differently than Steve. Totally. You know, I mean, even though like I'm a Steve, you know, I like the Steve years better. I mean, mm-hmm. Steve trying to deliver these lines. Like in other words, you cannot make this script and fit Steve in. 
It's not because him. Steve, because Steve, right, it's not him. Yeah. So, you know, so right. all of these scripts that we've gotten, and you're right, Alex, it's a beginning toward the end of season six, season seven. They finally found a voice and a spot for him mm. in this ecosystem where, you know, again, you could not use the Steve character in this way at all. Right. That's a great coping mechanism, too, because knowing that only he could have done this and we like it so much, it makes us – it makes it way more digestible to the, the purists who who might – like Jerry, who might want to hold on to the Steve thing and not give this guy a chance. Right. This quality of work from him and the quality of writing given to him, it makes it – Okay, I see. You're right. This is the way to go. Right. So, you know, and that's that's the beauty of it. Luckily, uh, I already know that. So when I'm just – and we all know it basically. But sitting through that first year of him, you know, it was just interesting to see the evolution, if anything. I'll throw this other cultural reference at you, Alex. Uh, think about Bewitched, right? Mm-hmm. Dick York and Dick Sar- Sargent, right? Sergeant York. Yeah, right. You had them both <laughs> – I mean, playing the same character, the same lines, right? I mean, now, mind you, the actors delivered it slightly differently, but, you know, you couldn't get away with that. Like, you know, like what if they had recast Jefferson as Steve? Right. Oh, right. You know, like, in other words, technically <laughs> playing the Steve right. character, I mean, it right. just wouldn't work. So you have to come up with a new character. Yeah, that's fascinating, that whole Dick York, Dick Sargent thing. And it's everything about it, even the names, everything is weird. It, and it it makes me wonder too, just the timing of the casting and the inclusion of the kid, or not really, but just the fact that they would bring him on. It's almost like they, I don't, I don't know if that had an effect on it, but they were almost like writing Jefferson in it more once the kid was on. Like they started to appreciate him more. Yeah. Like, oh no, we should we shouldn't be making new characters up. We should use what we have, which is they didn't utilize him for like you said, like a year. So it's like. It's it's time that you get down to it, and I wonder if it's one of those situations where you know it's like some people do their best with their backs against the wall. Maybe this was one of those situations where they were like, "Oh yeah, maybe we should be utilizing our our assets." I am fascinated by even at this point of the game, like the kid. You you gotta be a bitter kid on that couch, knowing that at this point it's clear nobody wants you there. <laughs> now they're throwing a blanket over you just to give you a reason to stop talking. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and if if I'm not mistaken, is this like the second to last time we see him? <gasps> Ooh. Steven Scott said he had six episodes left after – I know he's in Peggy and the Pirates for sure. Right. That's his last one. So I, I don't know if he's in the next three. Yeah. So we're in episode 14. That's episode 18. So we only got three left. I'm just happy we're in single digits. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And don't worry about Peggy and the Pirates either. That's a really good episode. And he basically just sits there while Peg reads him a story. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right, Alex. I just looked it up. This is his uh, second to last, his penultimate Ooh. episode. Wow. What good news. <laughs> Anyhow, here's my idea. Uh, I forgot it. <laughs> Wait, but here's another one. I think that you should spend an enormous amount of money. That way, when your wife comes back, she'll appreciate how little you spent before. Yeah. Yeah, that's logic from Kelly, sure. I, right? I just can't believe everybody else went along with it. <laughs> how mad can she get? We're good looking. 
Would you settle an argument for us? No! Al, sweetie, which one of us has a loud, obnoxious voice? Me or Marcy? Wait a second, Al, sweetie. He's my husband. I'll call him what I want. Why don't you call him some of the things you call him when he's not around? Al, you know I'm not proud of you. Why would I talk about you? Oh, yeah. Now, if we had to decide that based on these two, I'd say Marcy is the winner. But Peg can be pretty loud and obnoxious, too. Oh, I'd never it's a draw. It's a draw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How can you choose? Al! Like, yeah, it's... Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, Luigi's right. It's a draw, man. But the whole setup with this, and they continue with this for a while. Um, what do you think? What do you guys think of this whole setup where her and Peggy start going at it the whole time? It's kind of an odd approach, don't you guys think? Or No. Uh, it's two sides to it. it it's out of character, but, um, <laughs> you know, Women can occasionally be like that. Yeah, that you know, they're best friends one minute, and all of a sudden they're right. having a quote unquote cat fight for, for, for a week, and and then, and then they're friends again. <laughs> right after they made your week miserable. Right, exactly. Yeah, it affects everybody. Yeah. It's okay, boys. I'll say it. I'm divorced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can't say anything yet. He's like, I can speak freely. <laughs> says, what's the difference between Al and an egg? An egg takes three minutes to be done. I said two minutes. And I didn't say that. Believe me, she's lying. She has no reason to lie. She's not even your wife. But she is lying. Silence, feline beasts. Now, we have been here for ten hours. And in that ten hours, the two of you have only been quiet twice. Once when I asked how come my luggage forgot to be put in the car. And the other time for the hour that Oprah was on, which I find remarkable, since we don't have a TV. <laughs> Somehow they knew, and they just shut up. <laughs> I chuckled at that one. Yeah, that's great. That's good. All right, Al, but I just have one more question. Which one of us has the firmest hiney? <laughs> I'm blind! Which one of these two have the firmest hiney? And they both bend over in front of Al on the bed. Now, I've seen pornos that start like this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh, my God. That was definitely unexpected. I was like, okay, that that, that just happened. She's in another (laughs) mode, man. Like, Marcy would never do that. I sympathize with Al when he started screaming, I'm blind, I'm blind. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, like Al doesn't want to do it with his own wife. What makes you think that he wants to do it with you, his mortal enemy in life? Like what? It reminds me of when Marcy was fighting with uh, Steve and Jefferson and she goes, take a look at what you'll never get again. And he goes, I'm blind. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> And Alex, I was also thinking of the callback to uh, Nightmare on Owl Street back in season one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a long callback now. Yeah. So, so um, now we have some music that pops up. Um, and, and the song... Sounds like Benny Hill. Yes, it's the theme to Benny Hill. Oh. And Benny Hill was referenced back in the England One episode.
And the song is called Yakety Sax. It was a pop novelty instrumental jointly composed by James Q. Spider Rich and Boots Randolph in 1963. Hey, Boots. Oh. Boots. Boots. They're having an argument uh, montage in the cabin, and that's when they're playing this song. <laughs> so now, at the end of this whole uh, montage, there's like f- the floating heads effect, where it's just Al's head, and it's a pitch black background, and then you get Marcy and Peg's head, then you get multiple heads, and they just keep yelling at each other. Um, and then it says uh, day seven, and it says Al misses the shoe store. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like sometimes you just would rather be at work. You know, so Seven's pigging out and eating in the next uh, scene. Kelly is getting a massage, uh, and the guy giving her a massage is named Johnny in this, but his name in real life is Joel Gretsch, and he was actually in 51, he has 51 credits. He was in a lot of stuff, and he still works up until 2018. He was in Push, Minority Report, National Treasure with Nicolas Cage, and the 4400, the complete series. So he's a real actor. Yeah, he's in Vampire Diaries too. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, this was his second bit of work. And his third was Saved by the Bell, the new class. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> then he was in Melrose Place, which is okay. Then he was in Friends. That's pretty good. And then um, Bold and the Beautiful, Silk Stockings. And then, you know, he just went on to get better and better roles. So, yeah, he actually became something. This is obviously, you know, a sitcom show, and I know how much you love Saved by the Bell, Alex. Uh, it's, it's, you know, basically been confirmed that um, all the key players are coming back to do that show. So what are your feelings on it that, you know, it's basically going to get made now? I was obsessed. I will just say yeah. I was really obsessed with Saved by the Bell in my very early teens, mm-hmm. like 13, 14, 15, I guess. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I could do trivia. I could probably – they're still all in my head. I can answer anything about the show. You know, it's been a while, and as I got older, I do revisit shows and stuff. And oddly enough, I, I don't revisit that very often, but I try to. And every time I do, I have such a great time still. Right. So this news should be big, but I think after what happened with um, 90210 – Right. I don't have high expectations anymore. Because you didn't, you didn't like the nine hundred two one hundred one. I, I it was okay, and now that it's canceled, it's like, well, oh, so that was all we're ever gonna get. So now I'm disappointed. <laughs> you know, right. I'm like Bill Mosley. I like to keep my expectations low. That way, I'm never disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good philosophy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the philosopher chop top. Yeah, listen, I'm thrilled. Uh, it's a shame that Screech just cannot get on board with these guys oh. after all these years. Yeah, but you know what? Find some of the clown that'll do it. Like, he's a joke. I know he is, and he ruined it for everyone personally. But as a character, I would have liked to see Screech. Uh, same, 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 same. Yeah, it's a shame he's a douche. Didn't but he do you know, a porno? Yes, he did. He did, And then he was uh, telling the dude on um, Celebrity Fit Club that he wanted to fight him, like, on stage. <laughs> I remember that. Like, he's just, I don't know, he's not, like, a well-liked person, I don't think. Well, he did do a Mia Culpa with, uh, he went on Mario Lopez's show. Right. And Mario was uh, questioning him about all this stuff you said about us. And it was like a backpedal that you've never seen before. I can imagine. 
he was even saying that some of the stuff in the book wasn't even true and that the his book editor put these things oh, in. Oh, he played it. Yeah, yeah. see. Uh, AKA, a- a- I haven't worked in 20 years. And I, need <laughs> right, to, I, need to, I need to rebuild my career. <laughs> I hate this. I'm starving. Yeah. But you know what, though? You know what, though, man? I, I honestly think it, it depends on how they do it. Like, how would they approach a sitcom like that? You know, you got so many revivals. Uh, I know it's not technically a show. Well, it is now, but think of something like Cobra Kai. Think of something like The Connors that is having an episode, a live episode tonight even. Um, like, th- things like that where, yeah, they're back, but they're constantly reinventing themselves. You know, they they adapt and if and if it's adapted properly, I think I think that they can do anything. Now with nine hundred two one zero, that was a little different. They took a meta approach to it, and it's kind of weird. So Which that was yeah. So it's all about the approach. I hope it does work. I I always enjoyed Saved by the Bell. It wasn't like oh my, like I have to watch it, but I mean every Saturday morning, I I definitely checked uh. it out, and it was part of my routine. So I don't know. I hope that they do it well. I'm I'm definitely gonna look forward to it and and watch it. Yeah. Oh, no, it was part of my 90s rotation. Ninja Turtles, Saved by the Bell, 90210, Simpsons, uh, Married with Children. Like, I was way into all this stuff. So um, I'm, I'm excited. I'll definitely watch every episode. Um, and hopefully it's great. Right on. So back to this episode. Uh, Bud has this chick modeling. And I guess I should say before I go too far with all this, Jefferson paid uh, – this is the money he shelled out to – use on Marcy's credit card with by Kelly's advice. So he just basically treated everybody to things off of Marcy's credit card. So this girl who's modeling these clothes for Bud and lingerie, she is actually famous to some degree. Did, did she pose nude? Now, I was going to look that up, but I didn't have the time. <laughs> I actually highlighted her name to type that in, and then something happened. Oh, I know what it was. That's when my internet wasn't working, and it wouldn't go. She is Mindy in this episode. Uh, all she did before this was a video get off. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she was nude. Wow. Okay. After this. Oh, that's not her. Never mind, guys. Okay. She was in Weird Science, the TV show. I thought she was Lisa, but she's not. Uh. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, Bud's beard is looking better. It looks like an actual, like, hair on his face. And now it doesn't look like somebody rubbed his face in dirt, at least, right? <laughs> I guess we're going to keep going with that joke, right? Why not? Right, might as well. It was only said 47 times, the one episode, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Department stores normally have lingerie shows, not guys in their living room. But then you Kennedys go your own way. <laughs> Please. Kennedy is so formal. Just call me, uh... Bud Bud. <laughs> That's right. Six dozen roses. That's right. From me. That's right. To me. <laughs> hey, 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 what the hell? Send another dozen to a pair of pajamas. Same address. <laughs> yeah, and send another dozen <laughs> to a pair of pajamas. Same address. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> What a waste. Uh, I, I mean, like, that to me is, like, one of the most memorable lines of this whole episode. You know, like, that that just makes it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his his not caring is taken to another level. Like, just to rub it in her face. Like What a callback. I love it. So, Peg and Marcy are home now. They're on the Bundy front porch. <laughs> oh, Marcy. 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 Oh,
Marcy. That was the most relaxing vacation I've ever had. You know, that's the thing about women. We can get in an argument and then talk it through rationally, then work it out in a civilized manner like the sisters we are. Oh, God bless us. He did. He made us women. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I was just lost without my Jefferson. I mean, so what if he tips big? He's good looking. I can forgive him anything. <laughs> so Marcy comes in, Peg comes in the house. Marcy just <clears throat> gets one gander at what's going on here, and she realizes that she's paying for all this somehow. It just you get that feeling sometimes. <laughs> it I just I, clicks. I get that feeling, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I come home and I see all this going on, my wife's doing all this stuff, and I'm like, huh. How do I know that you <laughs> flip my credit card over and got those three numbers to give the lady because <laughs> it's so easy yeah. jefferson darcy i better not be paying for this do you have anything to say before i kill you uh good night <laughs> jefferson I, and you know i want to do a shout out to annabelle you know, she pointed this out on the research team you know, so Marcy says, Jefferson Darcy, I better not be paying for this. I said, do you have anything to say before I kill you? And he says, good night. So he does the parakeet trip on her. <laughs> but unfortunately, it doesn't work on chickens. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> good joke, Annabelle. Wrong bird. <laughs> uh, now all we need is a DeLorean so we can send Annabelle back in it and she can help the writers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still mad, honey? Sweetie? Yeah? Do you know what a Melvin is? No. Then let me show you. And she walks around, grabs the back of his underwear and pulls it up. And he goes, in my day, we called those wedgies. <laughs> and it's actually incorrect, Alex. So I, I, would, I didn't know what the difference was. So a Melvin is actually a variant of the wedgie where the underwear is pulled up from the front Oh. As opposed to the back. She did it wrong? Yeah. She she gave him a wedgie, but it was not a Melvin. Wow. <laughs> they point out how, oh, I thought it was called this, but no, she's telling us something we don't know. But it turns out she doesn't know what she's doing. Right. <laughs> and one other thing, the model, when Bud says, you know, please, Kennedy is so formal, just call me Bud Bud. Right. So that's a reference to John John, who's John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, right, right. Oh, I didn't catch that the first time. He might have been the only Kennedy I liked. Too bad he died. <laughs> well, that's how it goes for me. <laughs> hey, Mom, where's a, uh, what do we call him? Starts with an L. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Where is he? Well... He kept complaining how we ruined his vacation, so I decided to let him stay up there by himself for two whole days. I just left the key on the table while he was out chopping wood. <laughs> I hope he's finally happy. Uh, okay, well, why not just leave it in the front door? Like, who the hell, how many, how close is the next place to this? Like, or why not just give it to Al while he's chopping the wood, <laughs> you know? And, and how did eight feet of uh, snow fall so quickly that he can't make it to the door? Yeah, right? How did they get home? How is he getting home? Didn't they all go in one car? <laughs> There's a million questions here. Well, folks, get ready for another eight feet of snow. But we'll let the poor saps who are outside worry about that. Hey, folks? 
<laughs> and then they said, get ready for another eight feet. Now, Al is roughly standing in four and a half to five feet of snow at this point. So it's it's going to be 13 feet by the end of this whole two days. Yeah, and, you know, Ed, Ed O'Neill is about my height. I'm about 6'3". And, you know, I, I was about maybe 20 feet from him once. You see him on TV, but you don't really, like, realize, you know, again, his stature. So he's a pretty tall dude. So to have right. the snow up to his chin, that's right. pretty high. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that that's definitely a storm. I love with the show, though, like, you could take the show and just kind of start a part two. Like, you could pick up the show right there and make an episode of that. Like, how does he get back? Does he get inside first? And like, there's, I, like you said, there's so many questions. Like, you can't just leave it there. And for me, this the ending was also very reminiscent of the camping show. So, right. You know, like, right, when he was stuck out with the animals. Yeah, it was just right. a disaster at the end. So, you know, they sort of ended it the same way. <laughs> and also written by Michael Moy, right? Because I believe yep. that was written by the creators, Moy and Levitt. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, the guy on the radio says, it's going to be another eight feet, but we'll let the poor saps who are outside worry about that, eh, folks? Meanwhile, it's like, no, not really, dude. If it's eight feet of snow, that's going to affect everybody in some way, shape, oh. or form. We're all stuck in our houses, bro. Right. What is a snowplow going to do with eight feet of snow? Like, even if you get it off the road and get it to the sides of the road, how high is that going to go? And how far out to the sides can you push all this? Dude, that that's the problem we used to have with plowing. Yeah, there's nowhere to put it. <laughs> right. This is a major catastrophe. <laughs> we we used yeah. to have to um, speed up. So so we'd be gunning it, dude, just so it would push the like it would hit the snow so fast that it would launch it over the over the towering heap of snow that was there two weeks previous that's frozen over. It's it's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. And if cars are parked in the street, forget about it. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, usually when you get snowfalls that big next to bodies of water, like they end up like you know, carting it over and dumping it in, whether it's the lake or the ocean, you know, just to get rid of it. Because where else are you going to put it? They put it in Lake Chickamauga. <laughs> <laughs> well, when this guy says all this stuff about the saps outside and all that, they, we pan to Al <laughs> through the window of the front door. He's outside because Peg locked the door when she left and left the key inside because she's a, a bright one. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Al's sitting in five feet of snow, and he's hanging out with a squirrel. All right, guys. How many dozens of roses should we send to an empty pair of pajamas out of five, Dan? Oh, man. You know, I really like this episode. Um, I didn't think I would just because I saw that kid so early, and I was like, oh, this this isn't going well. I thought he was going to be in a majority of the episode. Um, but once they threw the blanket over him, I knew everything was going to be all right. I give this four and a half dozen roses. I really liked this episode. It was fun. The jokes hit. Jefferson is still a bright, shining star on this show. And, uh, yeah, I just I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And I didn't think that I liked it as much as I did until it was over afterwards thinking about it and then now talking about it with you guys and you guys reiterating the same things that I was thinking while watching it um it, it might have it might have amplified my viewing so yeah four and a half uh, dozen roses that I'm sending to a pair of pajamas 
Nice. How many dozens of roses are you sending out of five to an empty pair of pajamas for this episode? Three dozen, Alex. Um, I wasn't, um, it was an okay episode. Um, I think a lot of the, uh, bickering between Peg and Marcy gave me as big of a headache as Al did, <laughs> which, you know, I, I feel like they could have delivered that quickly and not, you know, stayed on it as much. Um, so I feel like a lot of the screen time, uh, went to that. I mean, it had some uh, classics. I love the, the payoff on the pajama joke at the end because of that. Like I, I took away a dozen roses, you know, because I think I would have started with a four, but it was just a little too annoying for me. So three dozen. I give this episode, I'm between like three and a half to four dozens of roses to empty pair of pajamas. So I'll give it a four though, because it was good. The premise definitely felt repeated. You know, I just feel like I've done this before uh, for a couple of reasons. For sure. They even took the same approach, like the women are in a bad mood. Because remember, they were all in their periods. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, I mean, and in that one, you know, they it was a lot more set-up joke, set-up joke, as opposed to just nagging right. for, for like 10 yeah. minutes. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's why I gave it a three. Yeah, you couldn't really hear what they were yelling at each other. I tried to focus on each one of them. I rewinded it once, at least. And it wasn't really killer lines that they were saying, either. It was just supposed to be an audible shouting, you know? Mm-hmm. That was a little bit of a loss. But I think what we're really supposed to take away from those scenes is the reactions of Al and him hanging himself, him right. looking at their asses, him, <laughs> you know, like, I think that's what we're really, really supposed to get more. It, it's not about what they're saying. It's about the overall vibe. Right. And his and how they're ruining his time and his reaction and all that type of stuff. So I am definitely going to take what they're feeding me and I I understand what they're doing. Well, you got cracker and baking soda? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that. You know, um the parakeet thing, yeah, not so great like Dan said, not not uh amazing, but I did take that for what it was also. But the Jefferson stuff was great when he was buying all their stuff, that killer line about the pajamas and then Al being trapped like a classic man Life just doesn't get better for him. So I'm like somewhere there. So I'll just officially say three and a half out of five. I, I thought it was uh, very good. good. Yeah. Um, before I say tune in next week and all that stuff, Luigi, I just want to say congratulations on your inaugural No Ma'am Roundtable show that you released oh, yes. two weeks ago. Yeah, everybody was uh, very excited to see what you guys came up with. It was released on um, February 12th, and uh, you, Stephen Scott, and Tyler Tigno did a really good job, man. It was a great Valentine's Day special. It was nice to break it up and hear something besides us <laughs> and hear your guys, your take on how to do a podcast and all that stuff. So congratulations on that, man. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, I'll say, like, you know, we learned from the best. Um, Who's that? It was... Huh? Well, you guys, of course. <laughs> he must be listening to... Uh... <laughs> what other Rocky podcast Bull, are you listening to? R- Rocky and Bullwink going to Tiger, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I have to really give a lot of credit to Stephen Scott for putting it together. Um, we, it was very interesting because, like, all three of us had very different perspectives. Like, you know, Steve is in his 50s, I'm in my 40s, and Tyler is 30. So, uh, you know, three different generations, three different... Um, 
fans who looked at the show at different points in their lives. And uh, I think we had a lot of fun uh, talking about that. So, uh, you know, we had a great uh, topic and uh, hopefully we can do more of those. And uh, again, I'm going to plug Patreon. <laughs> if uh, for, if any of you out there, I mean, the peanut gallery who thinks that they can do a better job, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, yeah. Donate to Patreon and we'll put you on uh, the round table. Put you on the spot. Yeah, that's the thing. If if you're a patron of this show, there's a couple things you can do. I mean, you could buy a ticket to be on our show. That, that happens off and on because sometimes we have scheduling problems. If you go to our Patreon page, you'll see that you could buy a ticket onto the show with us. You can freestyle battle rap. Yeah, Russell Haddix will be on here pretty soon. And Stephen Scott will be back soon. And also uh, Tyler, actually. You could buy... Now, if you're a regular patron and you're only doing the $5 a month thing, you can also be on this roundtable. Now, listen, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. It's all about scheduling. They can't have 17 people on one show. Uh, you know, they're going to have to space it out. And these guys might only do a show once every two or three months. So you got to be patient with that, too. So don't become a patron just thinking, oh, I'll hop right into the roundtable, you know, next week when they do a show. Because you guys aren't going to do it that often, right? No, I mean, I think, you know, we'll take them. We're going to try to do things that may be topical. Like, for example, you know, we're in February, Valentine's Day. Um, I know, for example, we'd like to do an Al versus, uh, excuse me, a Jefferson, a Steve versus Jefferson roundtable. Uh, you know, we've talked about the Ferguson. You know, I would actually love to have a bad roundtable. So maybe Stephen Scott, Dan, and myself, maybe chaired by Lacey. What do you think of that? <laughs> Bold American dudes. <laughs> she more than anybody would probably love that idea. <laughs> We're bad. We're bad. You know it. There's just there's endless possibilities what we could do with this show. These guys are making it happen. They know that we just don't have the time or the scheduling abilities to really do too much extra. We try. We really do. But it's very tough. But things are getting better for us, actually, when it comes to scheduling. So we're going to try to open some things up. I definitely still want to review the marriage children pornos, part one and two. We want to cut out the porn and treat it like they're like it's a real show and see what they did. And maybe there's like really horribly funny bad acting and all that stuff. And I'm just curious as the as the writing of that whole thing. So that'll be yeah, fun we'll to see do. see how far off they really go. And is it really any further than the show itself actually goes? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. So, guys, tune in next week as we review one of my favorite episodes. And, and any Sons of Anarchy fan was looking forward to this one. Kelly buys a motorcycle to put some fun back into her life. But disaster strikes when Al decides to take the bike out for a spin. Dan, you're a huge Sons of Anarchy fan. You are going to love this, man. I can't wait, brother. So tune in next week. Same Bundy time, same Bundy channel. <laughs> How did I not think to do that in three years? Ha, ha, ha.